0: You built a time machine out of a
1: DeLorean? This is the Stupid Cancer Show. That's
0: hot. Hello there, children.
1: Hey, hey, kids.
2: People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late
1: And now the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Matthew Zachary
3: Monday, April 5th, 2010, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show The voice of young adults with cancer Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the stupid cancer show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show: real estate is the cure. In our survivor spotlight, Brian Haminer, three-time young adult survivor, recording artist, composer, and performer. Jonathan Shine, young adult survivor of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the CEO of Shine Media. And Sarah Beatty, founder and president of Green Depot. As a reminder, this broadcast is a program of the I Am Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, one of the nation's leading grassroots advocates for the nearly 5 million young adult survivors and co-survivors affected by, you guessed it, stupid cancer. On the web at I2Y.com, we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight and sticking it to a system. ...that's ignored us for far too long. Why? Because survival rate and quality of life in young adults have not improved in 30 years. Because remission is no excuse for cure. And because survivorship is all that matters. So hello my friends and welcome to yet another... ...fun-filled and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's... ...Stupid Cancer Show. And a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners... ...here on the Blog Talk Radio Network... Broadcasting live from the chemo deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan, I'm your host, Matthew Zachary, a 14-year young adult pediatric brain cancer survivor. Of course, please welcome my official partner in crime here on the show, hailing from right here in New York City, 14-year young adult breast cancer survivor, acclaimed journalist, former deputy editor of TV Guide, and former entertainment news
1: correspondent for the Fox News Channel, the lovely and talented Lisa Bernard. Matthew, I've been here three months, and you actually mispronounced my last name for the first time. Bernhard. Bernhard. I say Bernhard. You've you missed the H. No, I didn't. That was a first. Bernhard. I, I think I know what I heard, Matt. Okay. I love you dearly. I'm happy to be here. This could be... Lisa Bernhard. Okay, that's correct. Um, Burns Thank soft. you very much. I'm very... Oh, God, no. 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 I'm highly sensitive to that because I have one of those names that gets butchered. So Bernhardt. I, I Lisa, Bernhard. to... like, Lisa Bernhard. What is it, like Lisa
3: Bernhardt or something? People skip the age,
1: But I that's okay. 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 I'm, I
3: apologize to the universe, but no not problem. To Lisa. Okay.
1: We've spent 20 minutes on this already. That's okay. All right. <laughs>
3: anyway, uh, joining us live in the studio tonight is always our <laughs> fabulous broadcast production assistant, Amanda Freeman. Hello, Amanda. Welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show. And don't kill yourself getting to the mic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt. She did a triple sow cow coming over to the mic. She was, did
3: the Monte Capuletti triple was, lindy was, from back that school. That was something. Yeah. yeah. Are you okay?
1: I'm doing very well.
3: Okay, congratulations. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank thank you, Jack. Thank you. Don't make her eat the mic, Jack.
3: And unfortunately, he's still here, but uh, we've got our chief cancer anarchist,
4: Jack Rufard. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jack. And Lisa Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you know, what you would think the Jewish guy would get the <laughs> in the name. No, it's Lisa Bernhard. I'm gonna do that. I actually,
1: I've caused all sorts of trouble for myself going forward now. I actually I wasn't shouldn't. trying
4: to do that on purpose. I have some
1: Chinese food yeah, caught bet.
4: in my throat.
3: <laughs> anyway, Jack will be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room. So if you have any issues with the show or with any of our guests or questions, take it up with him. There's a chance he might listen. But uh, what we are blessed to have uh, for the second show in a row, two of our three guests are actually physically here in presence. Um, we love that. It's going to be really fantastic. Uh, Jonathan Shine and Sarah Beatty are here. Uh, joining us soon, Ryan Hamner will be on the phone. We'll be uh, talking to him about his story and about uh, his music. We'll be playing one of his songs from his album, which will be very exciting. We'd love to nice do that. Nice stuff. I know. Really, really, really? talented guy.
4: Yeah. Lisa, you want to dance with me during the song?
1: If our chords don't get...
4: Wait, let me cue up. I've had the time <laughs> of my life. Hang on. <laughs>
0: If not, oh, I, just, thought really, no. <laughs> I thought you were really. No, I thought you were really going to do it <laughs> up. Because
1: we've we we've gone past fair usage of so many songs already. I figured why not I'm throw another us. one in. yeah, sue us. please. sue yeah. us.
4: We need the PR. <laughs>
1: exactly.
4: <clears throat> um, anyway,
1: that so, was very touching, Jack. Thank you.
4: Yes. Oh, I'll be. T- oh,
3: never mind. <laughs> San- Sandra Bernhard? What? Oh, no. Okay. Now I
1: have no relation. Spelled the same, but no relation. They look the same. No. Oh! Oh, my God. Oh! No, that's bad. Oh, oh, that's wrong. That is
4: wrong. Oh, I thought you said Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. I'm sorry. Ah. Uh,
0: I thought you said Jack- Bill
3: Pullman. <laughs> Speaking of
0: spaceballs, which we were
4: discussing before.
0: Yes. Uh,
4: Yeah, and you're a mug. Yeah.
3: Half man, half dog. Thank you very much. The late, great John Candy, ladies and
4: gentlemen. Uncle Buck to some people. Yes.
1: I interviewed John Candy once. God, he was lovely. I'm not saying that to name drop. No, he. You just did. (laughs) Very nice. nice. Name drop! Yeah. He died.
3: John, John Candy isn't, isn't with us. He's not, not doing too well no. these days. But, I, but I'm here. I'm eye candy, right? <laughs> no? I don't think we're going to go this direction. Let's well, see no. what the chat has to say. No. we got a busy chat room tonight. We've got a good chat room tonight.
4: Very excited to have a lot and of new want, people on the we show. we want
1: questions.
3: Yeah, we do want questions.
4: So yeah, so anybody in the, the chat room, send some questions over, and if I can read them and which copy is, and paste <laughs> them, <laughs> then we'll is, ask again. Which
1: is a major if, but we'll try to muddle through. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But anyway, uh, the, the, obviously the big
3: news Huge news today is that we launched our OMG Cancer Summit registration, and we have over 165 people that registered. It's not even been a day. It's been 12 hours. Not even not been, been, 12 not 12 been 12 hours. 12 hours. Yeah. It's been nine hours. has been nine hours, and over 165 people have registered. It is the conference of the year for young adults. If you are a young adult affected by cancer, get your ass to OMG. 2010.org. Yeah, we
4: register. only have we only have 400 spots and 160 of them are already filled on the first day.
1: It's That's crazy. right. That's crazy. right. So let's mention the, again who's going to be there.
4: Yeah, we've got um,
1: Jack Buffard shoes.
3: Oh no, enough of that.
1: Yeah, they're everywhere. We
3: have uh, Ethan Z. no, it really is the All Star Game, and I got to say something. I talk about this every week. This is like my. My Dream Come True Conference It's the conference that I wish I had 12 years ago. All these
1: things that we didn't have, yep.
3: Yeah, and here we have literally, and I keep saying this, it is the all-star game of the young adult cancer movement. We have the most well-known, recognized national spokespeople and advocates for the young adult movement. Diane Balma, who is the executive director of Stand Up to Cancer, is a young adult survivor. Ethan Zahn, the uh, celebrity guy from from Survivor. Survivor and CBS, is going to be there, Johnny Immerman from Immerman Angels, Brad Ludden from First Descent, Tamika Felder from Tamika and Friends, Carol Rosenthal from Everything Changes, Christine Bays from The Yellow Umbrella. We're having Mashable.com editor in chief Adam Ostrow, and the senior executive directors of Cancer and Careers, Cancer Care, the Cancer Legal Resource Center, Innova Health. Uh, just it, it literally is going to be an out of off the charts experience and it's not just it's not i need to preface this it's not boring powerpoint um it's all panel discussions direct engagement with the uh with the audience we're going to be doing a, a simulcast through you stream with a twitter feed for questions it's going to be incredibly interactive and um
4: yeah and you register. know what the best part about it is
3: you're going to be there
4: you know what the second best part about it is what is it it's free
3: it is free, and I think that's really important. Like, a lot of people were like, how, how much does it cost? And I say, it's free to come.
4: And they're like, really? Yeah, because apparently there are cancer conferences around the country that charge people to go.
3: Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, I can understand why that's necessary, but for the way we're structuring this, we don't need to charge people. But, again, we didn't raise enough money to give travel scholarships. So with that said, if we had... It's possible we could have charged it and then used the travel scholarships and the financial assistance to offset that. But at the end of the day, we run this like a real tight ship. We've had our our, 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 our ship together since like February or January with all of this stuff, and I couldn't be happier with everything. We just secured our cocktail party the night before. It's going to be, I, I, and I don't say this loosely because I'm not a, a hip person, but it's going to be off the hook.
0: <laughs> wow.
4: For
1: chisel, yeah, my chisel. <laughs> uh, Matt, tell people too. Isn't there some sort of uh, loosely loose infrastructure here? Folks need a couch to crash on. Anybody who's coming in from out of town.
3: Yes, how we that have, works. <clears throat> we've been able to secure some incredibly inexpensive um, a hotel block accommodations, literally a couple of blocks from the uh, from the venue at Pace University. And when you register, you'll be taken to the website that tells you all the information you need to reserve those hotel blocks. If you come with a friend or you, you want to share a room, it's literally 60 bucks a night. It's like hostile prices for a real hotel in downtown Manhattan. And um, it's
4: walking distance to the cocktail party.
3: And it's walking distance to the cocktail party. It's walking distance to every single subway that can take you anywhere you want because, again, the event's on a Sunday. So if you fly in on a Saturday morning or a Friday night, you've got a free vacay day in New York City. And I know we have a lot of people coming from all over the country. We have people coming from Canada, from Mexico, from Australia, and we have someone coming from Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So and he's, he's cool. like wicked he's, excited. Yeah. And he's coming. crazy. You can't Caleb. say wicked on the show.
4: The Boston thing.
3: You're not from Boston.
4: Yeah, I know. Well, get your asses to OMG, y'all.
1: He's kind of mm. like the Where's Waldo, you know, he's from anywhere. Jack.
4: I adapt. He, he, you should have <laughs> seen, seen me when I was in that Midwestern state that's just south of Michigan that we're not allowed, or Minnesota, that we're not allowed to talk no, about we're not. anymore. Especially
3: because that, that Republican guy that that. Said oh, that, uh,
4: the uh, Douchebag of the Week award. Yeah. Uh, said, uh, said that the health care bill was a cancerous tumor. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Good quality
1: that, stuff yeah, coming out there. Matt posted that. Yeah. All right.
3: So that's the big so that's, news.
1: That's that's huge news.
3: And that's that's d- t- dovetailed into our newsletter. We launched our quarterly newsletter today, which is newsletter.i2y.com. And, uh, Designed
1: by Matthew Zachary, as usual. It looks fantastic, Matt.
3: Thank you very it much. It really does. Thank you. I put a that lot of hard work into fir- it. That was the
1: first newsletter since I've been on board this organization uh, that I've seen that you sent out, and it's sweet. This you're just saying just that sweet. because you're in it. Yes, partially. <laughs> <laughs> partially correct. Uh, but the good news is that I actually believe it.
3: No, it's so all good. It's all yeah. good. It's very fun. And, uh, we love our newsletter. It's one of the best ways we get our information out there. And uh, it propagates. newsletteri 2 Com, And uh very excited about that. Also, we have to mention that it is the, what is it, 8th
4: annual, Jack? National. Uh, is it 8th? Yeah, it is eight, the 8th annual. <laughs> we we not should sure. know that. We out. should know. We should have known I Hey, things, I've, yeah. I've only been in this game for two years, so you tell me. All right, I'm just going to pick up the site here. Um, it is Yeah,
3: it is the 8th annual National Young Adult Cancer Awareness Week.
1: Thanks to our intern, Amanda. Yes. Who looked it up. Yeah.
3: Which uh, takes place the first week of April every year. It was launched in 2002 by Vital Options uh, by our friend Selma Schimmel. And uh, it marks, uh, you know, the recognition that finally our generation gets something. And it's not a month. It's not a wristband. Do we get a color? We, no. We get, a, we get three colors. We get orange, yellow, and
4: blue. Oh, wow. We got our yeah. own logo this year. Take out the yellow. It could be the Mets. Yes. We won we like today. We're the strong we, right.
1: Mets. <laughs> what? We have a better record than the Yanks for a day. That's Man.
4: true. One Wait, day who did the Red Sox win I'm not supposed to yes. did. So the Yankees oh, yeah. are in last place and the Mets are in first yeah. place. Fantastic.
3: And then there's and then, always tomorrow. And then
1: there's tomorrow, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly.
3: My goodness. Anyway, so what else was what else we got on the news?
4: Well, in in celebration of Young Adult Cancer Awareness Week, you and I are making appearance an appearance on SiriusXM's Doctor Radio's Oncology Show That's Wednesday right. afternoon. Yes,
1: yes. Everyone what what's the website?
4: It's what's well, com S-I-R-I-U-S.
1: We pride ourselves in not knowing things on this
4: episode. can yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> we can't. No, it'll
4: be on Twitter and Facebook, yeah. trust me. Right. We'll yeah. announce it, but uh, well, tune in 1 o'clock, yeah. check it it's, it's noon to 2. <laughs> oh, we're doing a two-hour show? <laughs> we're doing two hours.
3: I just, I just show up. People tell me what to do, and I just show up.
4: So anyway. So Matthew, far, that's worked. Matthew and I are returning to the SiriusXM Doctor Radio studio to do the oncology show for two hours on Wednesday. It's from noon to 2 Eastern time. And it's on Sirius Channel 114, XM Channel 119. And if you want to listen online and you don't have satellite radio, you can do so. Go to Sirius.com and register for like a free 30-day trial, and you can listen to the show online. And then cancel your account. Right. And it does replay Wednesday night also.
1: And just come back and listen to us here.
3: And we're they praying. have
4: like
1: 300,000
4: listeners. Yeah, they get like half a million Listeners, yeah, so there's a lot of people between, that listen to that between show. Between the live show and the two replays. Cause yeah. We're,
1: yeah, we're not that far away. We're We're,
4: we're one-sixth of the way there. That's that's very impressive. That's true. And that's we've only been bad. around for a year yeah. and a half and, on, uh, on this broadcast. On that broadcast Wednesday, we are being joined via phone by my April Fool's Day fiancé, Tamika Felder.
3: Fantastic.
4: Tamika and <laughs> friends. Yeah, so it's and,
3: be, and for those out there, Tamika is... Um, one of the nation's uh, most preeminent spokespersons for young adult cervical cancer. And uh, she's an extraordinary young woman. She's a good friend of the show. She's a good friend of mine. And uh, you can just search Tamika Felder on the Internet, and uh, she'll she'll crop up. She's also speaking at the OMG Summit. Right. So is that it? What else was there?
4: Uh, I don't know. It's been a busy week.
3: Um, did you lose the email you just sent to me? No, oh, there oh, is one more thing. Oh,
4: yeah, I'm going to be tomorrow on. Tomorrow morning.
3: Yeah, tomorrow morning. That's, a, that's big. Yeah, this is good news. Tomorrow morning on the CBS early show, I will be on the CBS early show with my wife, Jessica. Who with is David Letterman? Well, BB127, who's in the oh, chat that, room tonight. My show. wife, Sheena, will be on the early show tomorrow with uh, Maggie Rodriguez and her team. Uh, Wasn't what's it Harry what? Harry Smith, Harry Smith, Harry Smith,
4: and Maggie Rodriguez. You should wow. congratulate Harry on his colonoscopy.
3: I plan on doing that actually. I'm going to shake his other hand.
4: <laughs>
3: and um, wait, so hold on a second. This is at <laughs> 8
4: a.m. tomorrow morning.
3: It's the show is live from 7 a.m. to um to
4: 9 a.m. But I don't know.
3: That's when. an
1: early wake up call. Yeah. So
4: I have to set my BP clock thingy to watch you
1: on. You TV. There's no know way you're going to make it. There's Jack. no way. Forget I'm to. just about I'm it. just
4: going to TiVo it. TiVo, just, yeah, tonight. Tivo it. it. Yeah. it I'll, I'll watch it as I'm eating breakfast yeah. at noon. But apparently tomorrow's broadcast, they've been doing, for those of you out there
3: that aren't familiar, they've been doing a um, a series about uh, expectant mothers in New York City because Maggie herself is pregnant. So they're profiling four young women who are expecting, obviously, uh, their babies. And my wife is one of these women, and she's the only one expecting twins, and she's the only first-time mother. So tomorrow's show is about the husbands, and we'll be joining them, these women uh, to embarrass ourselves.
4: Wait, hold on a second. Are, are, are hecklers allowed in the studio? Because I'll get up early for that.
3: I think you should be the guy standing outside the glass window with the little "end is near" sign or something. Yeah. You you and your little sandwich
4: board should be sitting outside. Okay. Yeah. I'll go up now so I can get a good spot. (laughs) I mean, I only have what twelve hours to kill. Yeah, exactly. Eleven. So. Yeah, I'll do that. Hope it doesn't (laughs) rain tonight. All
3: right. Well, let's breeze through through the news. We can. Yeah, news will be
4: quick because a lot of it's the OMG stuff we already covered. All right. So uh, here's the news.
3: I am cancer.
4: Just the facts, ma'am. All
3: right. Just, <laughs> I can't believe we keep screwing that up. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we listen to Jack Buffard stammer through a series of special announcements So that our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff we want you to know about that you might not find out about. And we don't want you missing out on free young adult stuff like conferences, happy hours, retreats, scholarships, support groups music, concerts, and more. If you have something you'd like to hear broadcast during this segment, please fax it to us or send an email to Jack McFord. His email is
4: jack at i2y.com. Take it away. Thank you, Mr. Stutter. Your stupid cancer news tonight. Head on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one-stop shop for all stupid cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods and we don't want you missing out on them, especially if I'm not going to be there. Surviving Idol is an upcoming talent show for young adults affected by cancer. Show off your talent by entering your submission at survivingidol.com. Register for OMG2010 at omg2010.org. I can't say it enough. This is going to be awesome. All right, folks, being that I lack both the time and the intelligence to share with you all the great stuff we have going on for young adults, I've created the Boof News Blog. Everyone needs to check out boofnews.i2y.com. That's B-O-O-F.i2y.com. It is the official list of all stupid cancer news resources. These include surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. And to close the news tonight, everyone needs to head on over to 70k.org. That's the word 70 the letter k.org. There are approximately 70,000 people aged 15 to 39 diagnosed with cancer every year. For over two decades, there has been little or no improvement in survival for this age group. By signing this bill, you are supporting the Adolescent and Young Adult Cancer Bill of Rights to be established as a standard for care to meet this underserved population. That's it, my friends. That's your stupid cancer news. (laughs) All right, well, let's get to our, uh,
3: let's get right to it.
0: I'll get it right one day. 9.20
3: on the Stupid Cancer Show.
0: But what time is it? 9.20. I just said
4: what time it was. Hold on. I'm starting to interrupt, but do you know what time it is?
1: <laughs> I have 9.19.
3: Ryan Habner began playing at his at 14 years old. At 21, the cancer he'd beaten three times by then had returned. Changing gears, he turned his attention to his music, and he says when he got sick, he set up His room, like a mini-recording studio, and began recording on a four-track. He approaches his music career as he did his bouts with Hodgkin's Lymphoma. He doesn't listen to the odds. He doesn't like statistics. He beats them. His accomplishments include an album produced by Jeff Tomei of Smashing Pumpkins and Edward McCain fame. Two songs receiving airplay and two songs licensed to several major television networks. We'll be listening to one of them right here tonight. Please welcome to the show Ryan Hamner. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how are you? Ryan. All
0: right.
3: It's been a, a long time. I know we first got in touch a couple of weeks ago, and I, I couldn't be more happy to have you on the show tonight. Welcome.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I just had to uh, uh, make one little correction. It was actually four times. Wow. Yeah. So.
3: Are you trying to make me look bad?
2: No, you look fantastic. And I can't we, even see.
1: And we have four times by the age of 21?
2: Yeah, I was, I was trying to break a record there. Show off. Pretty, d- pretty darn
1: good. Four times by the age of 20. We have
3: to come up with some sort of award.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well,
2: an insurance you policy.
3: You get the why would you do
4: that award?
1: Well, an insurance
3: policy. He likes that. Yeah, that's right. Wait, you are the epitome of how no pre existing condition issues are like why we have the health reform now.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I have to wait till the year 2014, I guess, but um, I don't know. Well, I guess did I you not delay. watch Hot Tub Time Machine? Did I not watch what now?
3: Hot Tub Time Machine?
2: No. I, well, I haven't watched that, but could that help me out?
3: I think that yeah. John Cusack solves all
4: problems.
2: <laughs> you just well, have to been, uh, over your
4: head and play Peter Gabriel. <laughs>
2: right. I think I've been actually denied by every single insurance uh, company out there. So,
0: well, But
3: yours is a good case. I think, have you gone to the press? I mean, we, we want to we highlight these types of stories because there are all these people out there who are against the health care reform bill, and you're the reason that we should smack them upside their heads.
2: I don't know <laughs> exactly my stance on it. Um, I, here's a really funny story, and I'm just going to start calling people out on it because this is exactly how it went down. Um, when I was recovering from my transplant in, it was 99 or 2000, um, I did this book for children with cancer. It was on my website. It was called You'll Be All Right, Buddy. Um, and Blue Cross Blue Shield, they published it, and, you know, they flew me around. And it was in Ronald McDonald House and different hospitals and, um you know, it went out to different organizations, that kind of thing. And they put it all over their websites, and they put my story on their websites, like here's this kid we took care of and all this stuff. And um, years went by. And I worked in a corporation, and I was still having some problems, just, you know, like you have after you've had cancer four times, you don't always get back to normal immediately. So I started my own business, and um, I applied for a an insurance policy through them. Well, they denied me, but they were still using my book and my story on their website.
3: <laughs> Fantastic, and, great,
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: So I, they, they did call me. One, I sent them an email on, and I made them aware of this. So they called me the next day, one of their VPs, and they um, offered me a policy which broke my bank that I absolutely couldn't afford. So I had to let that go. Um, but uh, so you know, I, I, I hope I'm not making it look bad. But you know, they, you know, I can't get any coverage, so unbelievable.
3: Well, I yeah. understand you live in Atlanta, correct?
2: I live an That's hour and a half of south there. of there
3: okay uh we had an incident recently in Atlanta involving Jack before it where we we discovered yep. that uh they still allow smoking in bars down there. Is that not correct?
2: um yeah, some of them. I played one this weekend. it was um i don't I don't know it's weird. it varies from town to town. it was it, while they were serving food um you couldn't smoke, but after that you can smoke. Um, and then some of the listening rooms I play in, they, they don't allow smoking, which is really good um, for me. Uh, so what do you
1: do as a survivor like Jack who went to this um, Young Survival Coalition event for 800 young women with breast cancer and then everybody went out to a bar that was filled with smoke? Uh, and then we got and, the hell
2: out of there. And then you got the hell the out animated. of there
1: and you're playing a gig like this as a four-time uh, survivor. I mean, um.
2: Yeah. I mean, it irritates me, but it's just. Uh, you know, are <laughs> being I, very you're polite, being gentlemanly yeah, but, of you. But he's making What's money too. So I mean,
4: you, I'm sure you just go where the gigs are, right?
2: Yeah. Um, and, and then some some places I played, I think I want to say, it was maybe it was North Carolina. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it was either North Carolina, South Carolina, one of those areas I played up around there, and I just remember the um, it was a huge, huge bar, and there was um. There was no smoking in it at all, and uh, I just thought it was kind of weird. You know, everybody's you know drinking and doing their thing, and I'm like, man, there's there's no cigarette smoking in there. What's wrong with this? So, right, you mentioned right. This, you oh, what's
3: right with it? Yeah, yeah. You, what's right you, with
2: this?
1: You mentioned starting a business. Is songwriting and and being a musician your main uh, your main gig right now, or do you still have another business? I'm curious about what your what your business was.
2: Um, well, I I had done some uh, online stuff for uh, uh, just you know, basically got started selling on eBay. When I when I was sick, I was, uh, you know, I went through the transplant, um, and I got started selling online, and um, even when I was at the corporation, I was still getting some infections back then, um, just, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what it was related to, um, and then my port got infected, and then I had pericarditis, and all these just, you know, after effects, I guess, of just having your immune system beat on throughout the years, and um but so i i was doing this business on the side cuz it was something i could do to um you know make a little money
1: Selling things on selling things online you said
2: Yeah selling things on mainly on eBay okay. um and you know when i needed to rest i could you know go rest as i needed to but i still did my music um and that was the main thing i wanted to do um but you know
1: So what did you end up doing for insurance Um were you, are you not covered now
2: well, I've Especially had questions
1: are coming in too. Everybody's... I've
2: had to be on disability, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, I've tried to uh, <laughs> I mean I, I've tried to go to work wherever I can just so, to get some benefits. but um...
3: you know, there are two organizations out there that I'm not sure if you're familiar with or not. One is called the um, the Patient Advocate Foundation and and quite often they do some good work. Uh, They're in Washington, D.C., and they might be of help to you, but more significantly, there's an organization, and they're going to be at the OMG Summit. I don't know if you're going to come up from Georgia for that. It'd be great to meet you. But it's called the Disability Rights Legal Center, and they offer free legal counseling to anyone affected by cancer, and that includes any legal rights that you may have that insurance companies are disenfranchising you as a citizen. So just two things to consider. I can connect you with them offline after the show.
2: Oh, yeah, I definitely need to uh, get that information.
3: I I do want to talk about the fact that you are a musician. I mean, we have this conversation. I'm a musician. I was robbed of my career when I was diagnosed with cancer 14 years ago and never really got to live that dream. And I do perform every now and then these days, but I, I really envy people who can go through this experience still composing, still sticking to their guns. And before we get to your song, I just wanted to hear from you uh, if you could just talk briefly about how surviving cancer changed the way you wrote music or how, when you, as you wrote music through these multiple recurrences, uh, I like to say that the art of survivorship is how you choose to get busy living by being creative. You're clearly doing that. Um, but what, what is it like for you? Go through that with us. <laughs>
2: Man, that's a big question. Um,
3: Or don't. (laughs) I don't know.
2: I guess it just kind of, uh, as far as uh, writing the music, made me a a bit of a, and not to be cliche here, but just a little bit more of a deeper person in how I saw things. And, um, well, not to mention when you're you're being treated for cancer, they give you really good medication, which always helps with writing music. Um, But, um, yeah, just it kind of broadened my horizons on things. And um, maybe just see some things differently, and um, then again, just simple things like, you know, <laughs> you can't leave the house because you don't your immune system's crappy um, for the next whatever six months, you know, as you're undergoing a transplant, so you don't really have anything else to do but you can sit around and um, you know try to write some good tunes.
3: Well, we're going to cut away to one of these songs here. Um, what's the name of your album, first of all?
2: The name of my first uh, album that just came out in back in uh, October is called Between the Lines.
3: And I have two songs here. I'm not sure which one you wanted us to play. One is called Lay Me Down, and the other is called How You Say.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I was having a hard time making up my mind. Lay Me Down was on the uh, it was my first radio single um, last year um, out on Mighty Loud Records, Universal Music, and um, then How You Say is the one that was recently licensed for some. Uh, TV networks so um, I'll let you take a pick
3: Any meeny money? this one this one's my favorite <laughs> it's
0: Two o'clock to so take your cover or take a walk inside your sleep we don't fall before each other. What will become of this mystery? down. Softly rain. If I camp beside those morning, will this ever come again? Lay me down by water. Oh, I'll get it all.
4: I must, so. <laughs> say, I, no, I must say,
3: that was insanely awesome.
4: All these years, I've been doing that song at karaoke night. I had no idea it was Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is
1: that the single or is that the uh, the, the television? Right there. That's, yeah, the that's the single. Yeah, that's the single. That's from a, from a great last year. song.
0: Thank you, thank you.
1: And where else can we hear? So the songs that were picked up for television were used how? <clears throat>
0: I'm
2: sorry.
1: The songs that were picked up, you said that were li- licensed by some networks. Were used how?
2: Um, yeah, the the song "How You Say." Um, that's, that's also on the, if you go on iTunes, um, and you'll see my EP. It's not on there. It's on the new record, Between the Lines. It's on, um, it's on all of, like, let's say, Amazon, Music, Rhapsody. Right. Um, all, anywhere where you can download music, you'll find it. Um, I and the other song is, actually, it was a demo, uh, quality song that was recorded in Nashville. And I wasn't, actually, I wasn't crazy about it, but they picked it. So I said, okay, sure. But, um, the only place you can buy that one, it's called Everything You Need, and it's on my um, MySpace, and that's the only place you can buy that. Um, but my, my full record, you can buy it everywhere else.
1: Okay. I was just curious, too, if we heard some of your stuff. You said it was licensed by, to several major networks.
2: Oh, okay, As, yeah. Yeah. That... Um, how You Say will be on – it should be on um, entertainment television. And um, the other one, Everything You Need, should be on Road Rules, um, My Suite 16, and I forget what the others are, it's like three other TV shows. If right, it's, if it's a,
1: on Jersey Shore, I'm going home. We have a former MTV exec here, so. Right, but it's right not on
2: right Jersey, Jersey Shore, so. Not, All
1: right, okay. you, you've maintained but, my respect. Can I still fist uh, pump to it, though? <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever write, Ryan, do you write, and I know we've got to wrap things up here quickly, uh, is your stuff sort of your lyrics now when you think about your illness kind of metaphorically in lyrics? Do you write directly about what you've gone through? Or just you're just on a deeper level, just kind of all together in what you think about in life.
2: Um, it just depends. Like uh, some songs are just kind of, you know, uh, of course they're kind of abstract and, and metaphorical. And then sometimes when I'm like, all right, I need to write a commercial song because you know I'm, I'm trying to get some label's attention or somebody's attention, sure. and so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just write very just straightforward lyrics and you know easy to follow story type yep. songs. Got to do it. Yeah.
3: Well, I. Really, it's always my favorite when we do when we have musicians on the show because again, I mean, we get to listen to really great music. This is a radio show.
1: We've got two other guests actually sitting here in studio who are not musicians, so we need to tell them that they're actually our
0: favorites as well. No, I'm going home.
1: (laughs) That we don't play favorites.
3: No. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be taking over
1: the rest of the show. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Good night, everybody.
1: That's Matt leaves. We'd need to get Ryan on the next uh, CD. Icycd. Ryan, we would love to.
3: Yes, we do, we do. It's something I'm planning to to get done this summer. And uh, once the OMG is over and once our ungala is finished up, um, it's definitely one of my summer projects to get done. Uh, Very much looking forward to having you on board with that. And um, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, What is your website for everyone out there?
2: Um, It's ryanhamner.com. And a lot of people think it's Hammer. They always say, hey, I try to go to your site. But Hammer didn't come up, so it's H A M and then N E R.
3: And as a victim of that mistake, I will say, yes, it is Ryan Hamner and Bernhard. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's you right, were,
2: Ryan. You, you were one of those people that did that, weren't
3: you? Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, good luck to you with everything. Please keep in touch, and uh, good luck, uh, again, your uh, incredible talent. Uh, God bless you, great. and, and uh, congratulations on Stupid Cancer four times, my friend.
2: Thanks, hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me on.
4: All right, Ryan
0: Thanks, Hamner, everybody. <laughs>
4: all right, and now it's time for. he's not uh, related to MC Hamner, right?
3: I don't. What? All right. We're going to be co introducing our two guests tonight because they are both in studio. And it's going to be a phenomenal conversation to have to take the show out for the next half hour can We or can so.
1: maneuver all the mics. <laughs> Definitely.
3: Well, you've got a minute while I try to read all their bios. Jonathan Shine. Shine Media is a diversified media company formed in 2006 by Jonathan A. Shine, a 25-year veteran of the media and publishing industry who launched his own company in 06 with a special emphasis on green and sustainability. His holdings include New York House, NY Inc., and New Jersey and Company magazines along with their sister websites, The company also publishes MetroGreenBusiness.com and GreenBusinessCareers.com. Jonathan is also a weekly contributor to The Huffington Post and a 13-year survivor of non hodgkins lymphoma. Who Really? He performed as a stand-up comedian in New York City with a... Oh, Jack, you're doomed. Okay. Sarah Beattie is the founder and president of Green Depot, one of the nation's leading suppliers of sustainable building products and services. With nine locations, including a flagship store in New York, Green Depot was awarded the 2009 Business Leader of the Year award by Earth Day New York and the Natural National Natural. I can't speak tonight. Natural Resources Defense Council, as opposed to the National Resource Defense Council. Okay. Products and services also at GreenDepot.com. No stranger to the young adult community, fair spent ten years as MTV's vice president of trade marketing. And global branding, my old job, and was top marketing executive at USA Network. Please welcome Jonathan Shine
5: and Sarah Beatty. Well, we thank, get, thank we, you we very much. Get shorter thank bios. You. So people make me look well, bad. You know, they always say in show business, never follow children, animals, and four-time cancer survivors. <laughs> Thanks, really, really. I, I aim to please. Yeah. Great. To so hear. yeah, thank we're you.
3: we're here to talk tonight about something that is never a dull issue. Um, It's always a hot-button topic. It's relevant to everything that's going on in our nation, in the world, environmental activism, the greening, the potential corporate abuse of greening, and what many... Are
1: you laughing at me? What am I doing wrong? Nothing. No one would possibly be laughing at you, except for our guest, Jonathan. Oh. I think he was. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Because I just made all that up. I have no idea what we're corporate talking abuse. about I, I,
1: I knew you were. I knew you were making that up, but it was genius. Was brilliant. Yes. Yeah, was brilliant. I yeah. try
3: to sound like I know what I'm talking corporate about. Corporate abuse. Okay. Yes.
1: Okay. So good at that. No,
3: but, yeah. but you, you you said greenwashing before. No, that's that's completely it's corporate true. abuse. So I do listen from time to time, and according to my father,
6: called stretching the truth.
3: I didn't know I was supposed to be listening. <laughs> all right, I'm just going to go home now. Lisa, it's all yours.
6: No, we should, we should
1: absolutely jump right in here. And, of course, the best part is Jack doesn't have a mic now. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can come over here, Jack. Can I? Yeah, sure.
4: Matt, they were laughing at your shirt.
3: Oh, is that... Uh, my shirt is not environmentally friendly Was it predicts what?
4: future beasts from other planets? No, a space lobster is not environmentally friendly.
5: Fantastic. <laughs> what did you wash it in? Uh, tide free.
1: Eh, uh, eh. Uh. Let's jump, we'll, we'll start with Jonathan first, because yes. Jonathan, let's quickly talk about your diagnosis and yes. your survivorship, and then we'll dovetail into the whole
5: okay. movement from in, there. In 1996, uh, at the age of 34, I just turned 34, I was diagnosed with large B-cell diffuse non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
3: Congratulations.
5: I appreciate that. Thank you. Once. Okay, and I went through a series of, uh, I guess, six rounds of chemotherapy over 18 weeks and another five weeks of radiation therapy. And I have been cancer free for 97 12 years, 13 years. Nice. I used to be good at math.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you were working at the time, you were in I was the in the family business. I was in right. the
5: publishing business. I was in the family business and I had just uh, kind of really had taken reins and taken hold and started moving up and and uh, moving into senior level position in the company. I had just gotten married. We were just a week shy of our our First anniversary, and the diagnosis came. And uh, it's the same old story as a lot of people have listened, who were listening in or know people who have been through this. And you go through your treatments, and you hopefully uh, come out on the other end. And uh, one of the things that just reflecting on listening to this, it's, it's kind of nice to say, as I've gotten older. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't, and you were in publishing, but obviously, I mean, this was even pre, kind of the whole wave of the green movement. And then that wasn't an impetus necessarily for you to get into this, but more sort of, really deciding what you wanted to do with your life.
5: The 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 cancer, or the diagnosis, or living with it, or living after it, uh, kind of gave me the the, I, I would guess the impetus or the idea that I didn't have to continually do what I had been doing. It, it was a process. It didn't just happen overnight, but there came this point where I said, well. And I remember it very distinctly. I was was just basically in a hotel room in San Francisco, and I said, I didn't beat cancer to do this. And this is after we had sold the family business, but I didn't beat cancer to do this. I want more for my life. And at that time, an opportunity arose where I could acquire a magazine which was bordering or kind of getting into the green and sustainability movement and kind of echoing what was going on. And I saw that opportunity I said, you know what, I, I can take this further and that was about four years ago, and it's been very exciting.
1: And, well, and before we jump into Sarah here also, just is it fair to say then that the green movement sort of began with this feeling of wanting to save the planet, but then in terms of from a business sense really took off when it became personal for people in terms of their health?
5: I think it's a combination of both. I think one of the biggest, I would say, even... There, there were a couple of factors that brought the whole environmental movement really to the forefront. Obviously, it's been around for forty years. I think Earth Day is going to celebrate its fortieth anniversary this this month actually, and you know at the time it was considered just a hippie crunchy granola kind of woodstock generation type of thing. But about four or five years ago you had things like Al Gore's movie and Inconvenient Truth that came out at the same time, oil prices were spiking, so you had different constituencies a people didn't want to pay the prices for oil and b that movie brought on a lot of awareness of what was what we were actually doing to our own planet by the way i wash
3: my shirt in al gore (laughs) (laughs) is that better
1: he's you're you're so you're so far ahead of us i'm you're you're so hip or how about al gore
5: washes my shirt (laughs) he's got a big enough house to do it okay fair enough
1: And Sarah, so Sarah knows, as we said in the intro, so much about the young adult community coming from MTV, who are the big drivers behind much of the green movement. Tell us why you left the TV world, wanted to start Green Depot, which I think ties into your current state of being pregnant. (laughs) I think you were back then at the time, am I right?
6: Yeah, that's right. I I left MTV because I was in my mid-30s and I felt like a hall monitor and probably wasn't quite as uh, hip Hip as everyone there anymore, but it was a great place to start. I think the great thing about being there is that you know, when you're young, at least when I was there, it was like you know, I want to know the truth, tell me like it is, and I'll decide for myself. And um, when I was um, when I was pregnant with my first child five and a half years ago, a week before I was headed to the hospital, I found out that the apartment that I had renovated um, possibly was toxic, and they said you might have to move to a hotel. <laughs> and I was just blown away. I thought, I can't believe this. I had never considered a home-built environment as something that would affect my health, and now I was worried, you know, what's going to be happening with this new child of mine? So that was sort of the beginning of Green Depot. It was around the same time as An Inconvenient Truth, a lot of other things that were going on, but, you know, you, I went online, and I found out that, you know, there's formaldehyde in woods, and that's a known carcinogen, and a lot of other stuff, like uh, that paint smell that they say can cause respiratory issues. So, that was kind of my starting point, and I kept on trying to buy stuff that, or find out where I could buy stuff that was healthy, and I'd hear, oh, green is really complicated. Um, oh, it's not that easy, and I thought, you know what? I'm really annoyed. I just want to spend my money and know what I'm getting, and no one can tell me. So that was kind of the beginning of a journey for me, and I still consider myself like learning every day, quite frankly, but we hope to kind of break it down and show people sort of the end benefits of what this word green means you know, as you said, John, it's like green is kind of like religion. It means different things to different people. Different elements resonate for different people. And, uh, you know, they're all important conversations, and they're really big. But they also can affect us personally. And, uh, you know, so hopefully Green Depot, we keep it fun, (laughs) and we show people, like, the information so they can decide for themselves.
3: I have a quick question to jump in here. You know, I mean, you're having a baby. I'm having a baby. Um, You know how they send people to your house to baby-proof? Yeah. Do they make people that go to your new rented apartments to toxic-proof them or something like that? Are there people like that that do that?
5: Well, you know that's, that you bring up a very good point. First of all, a lot of the new buildings are, that are going up are, are actually prescribing to a lot of code that is considered green by the United States Green Buildings Council, which is one of, one of the agencies that certify that type of property. The big issue is not so much if the building is green, because a lot of buildings are green, a lot of people are using the low VOC paints, so they're 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 uh, using the right light bulbs, they're using the low flush toilets. What happens is they rent or buy a green apartment, and then they just bring in completely toxic furniture, and everybody forgets about that. And and they're like, well, my apartment's green, so why am I still getting sick? You they know? scotch guard
6: their furniture. Yeah, scotch guard their furniture. <laughs> it's like where they, they have this. The guy who's like the, to get the cockroaches out, who like sprays underneath your kitchen, you know? or, the, or that or the,
3: fabulous thing you put in the middle of the room and it just bombs it, and you leave for a day that, and come back, yeah.
5: Or, or, or the cleaning supplies that that whether you use it or you have a, a maid service that comes in and they're they're just still using the same poison that on the floors that they have in the past.
6: Yeah, and it's an interesting thing to see what's happening because there's new businesses cropping up that are targeting that market directly, right? And saying. You know, we're a green cleaning service.
5: Clean Green Maids, I think. Is yeah, one, there's Green Maids. That's a franchise,
6: green. actually. You know, there's a bunch but of is different it taking
3: statistics. advantage of consumers, or is it legitimacy, or is there a, is there a, a consumer reports type of thing to vet these organizations?
6: Um, not yet, and um, I think that's where you have to do that sniff test or that right. smell test, literally that's. And
5: those consultants are popping up as well to help you. Yeah.
1: I think it's unfortunate. I mean, I know in, in, in our home we were trying to deal with a pest problem and there were a lot of pest control companies claiming to be green when if you actually did the research on your own and it's very time-consuming and it's hard to sift through it all, um, they weren't. And I, just, I think that you really have to be aware that there's a lot of them that are claiming, um, and we can talk more about the nuts and bolts.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's, it is like the Wild West. Right now, you have all these things happening at once. You know, marketers want to basically show that they're good citizens, so they're claiming this word sustainability. Right. Um, people want to, you know, they're putting present. in
5: the corporate social responsibility standards for their for their company policies.
6: Exactly, and also, in many times, a lot of these manufacturers don't know what to do to change it. So, if vilifying them isn't always the best solution. They're all everyone's trying to figure it out. Um, you know, there's various certifications now that can help lead the way. You know, Energy Star for Energy Stuff, um, Green Seal is, is a reliable seal. LEAD, right. lead, lead, for, lead it stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, which is like the best practices for creating a green building. Right. Um, and the American Lung Association has something called um, the Healthy House, um, which is basically focused in on air quality. So there's a number of things that, you know, that are, are reputable. At Green Depot, we ended up spending about a year and a half with the Lowell Institute of Sustainable Manufacturing to create our own filter to vet our products um, that would go beyond even those claims. You know, because you have to get back to the chemicals, quite frankly, right. and know like what's on the Tricera list, what's on the you know on the Prop 65 list from California that are known dangers for human health.
3: Well, let me be a negative Nelly for a second and just ask a dumb question that I know the answer to, but I just want to hear your answers to it. Because the green movement is relatively new. I mean, it was just 20 years ago we got rid of CFCs, right? right? So has there been any evidence-based research, anthropological, clinical, social, epidemiological, that clearly demonstrates that living a greener
5: life doesn't kill you as much? Well, actually, actually, there's a, there are some studies that have being done from a workplace point of view. Uh, which we've uh, covered in MetroGreenBusiness.com, uh, one of the things that they're finding as corporations are demanding greener and healthier work environments is that there's fewer sick days. And fewer sick days go straight to the bottom line because you increase your worker pro- worker productivity. So there are those anecdotal stories or studies that are being done. I can't, at the moment, I can post them online for you when I, sure, when sure. I don't have them...
6: Yeah, I mean, oh, it, it, there's um, definitely, and that ties back to you know um, how clean are our schools where our kids are are learning, right? Um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, there have been some studies that were released by the Environmental Working Group and other places that basically monitored um, how toxic um, a mother's breast milk was because the child, a newborn child, will inherit. Um, the toxicity from their mom, right. and it compounds. It's kind of like when they say with fish, like yes. the mercury in fish is, is worse in larger fish. So they do now have proven studies that show that there's this toxicity that exists, you know, when mother's breast milk is being passed down, and it's opened up a lot of questions about sort of how these ke- synthetic chemicals that end up in our, in our oceans and a lot of other places, you know, are going to start affecting, you know, our health and development. Are they going to replace hormones? Are they going to become an endocrine disruptor? And that conversation is a very, very hardy one right now. Like people like Dr. Landrigan at Mount Sinai were working hard on a study that's like a 20-year study, talking about that stuff.
1: I thought, you know, we were talking before the show, and Sarah brought up an excellent point about how many chemicals are used and how they are vetted or not vetted in this country right now.
6: Sarah, do you want to speak about that? Yeah, um, there's, in America... Um, I guess the the idea is that it's kind of the Wild West again. It's uh, if you're a chemical in America, you're innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> so um, you know many products that are on the consumer marketplace, um, you know, have to be out and they have to prove that there's, they create a problem in order to be regulated. And that's very different than in, in Europe, where they have a regulation called REACH, which says you have to prove that you're safe first. And actually, right now um, there's a big push to try to reform that. It's called Toxic um, Substances Control Act. Um, just just the numbers alone, in it, since 1976, 80,000 new chemicals have been introduced to the American marketplace, and of those, I think only around uh, 200 have been tested, and five are banned. And, um, and that's then, awesome. <laughs> it is a pretty good thing. I'm gonna go out and buy some thing. stuff now. <laughs> and
5: some of it's used in chemotherapy.
3: Well actually uh, that you know, there's a <laughs> yeah. question, hang on, there's a question in the chat room for both of you, which I think is very interesting and it actually ties into a question a man asked last week as well, which is is there a way to green the medical industry? Or is there a need to? Are all these syringes and plastic IV bags and chemotherapy are they recyclable? Or what happens when you, you get the chemotherapy in your body and you're gonna pee it out and it goes into the ocean or the systems or whatever? You get millions of people on chemo every year. That's a lot of toxins that are going, flushing through your body, killing cancer cells, but then ultimately going back into the environment.
6: Yeah. Well, I will say there's one piece of good news because you hear these things. Um, Last year I was turned on to a group called the Green Chemistry and Commerce Council, so the GC3. And it was started by sort of a mix of um, non-for-profit groups, groups like Green Seal, as well as big companies, believe it or not, like the Nikes of the world, wow. who are saying, you know what, we've got to start focusing on creating green chemicals that can replace these other problems that we know are coming down the line. So that conference has been going on for like four years. I think this year it's going to be at Cisco at the end of the month. Right. And that is where you see a lot of you know, leading decision makers sitting down and talking about how can we look at the whole supply chain right. you know, where, we're, you know, and, and make it um, a safer environment. So that's a good piece of news. Um, but that's that, a long can process. I, can I
5: just interrupt? Sure. I mean, this, this is going to cut to the chase and, and kind of keep it simple. I guess the best way to not uh, put these toxins back into the environment is to not get cancer, okay? And creating a safer home and a safer work environment and a safer climate will probably increase the chances of not putting these toxins back into the environment, not having to use the chemotherapy needles, not having to use the syringes and the bags and everything, all the waste that goes with it. Right.
1: So let's get practical for the folks that are listening right now who are either survivors or co-survivors. A lot of people have, um, I mean, a lot of our audience is very knowledgeable about this. Others still, there's this preconceived notion that this stuff is expensive. Only if you have a lot of money can you make a green home. Um, From sort of a broader perspective down to the nuts and bolts, you can actually go to greendepot.com if you're not in New York City or don't live near one of your stores to order these items. What's some of the stuff, whether it's paints, Cox insulation. Can we do a quick sort of what's good, what's bad for your home, what you, you should be looking for? Well, we
5: also cover that in New York House Magazine as well. And I'd say the first thing we discussed earlier is insulate your home. That's the first thing you can do to actually make your home with, with. Sarah. Sarah, <laughs> you
0: Sarah. want to
6: insulate your home and make sure that the, you don't use pink insulation that has formaldehyde. And I would say you know skip the fiberglass too because. That's on a watch list. It's not on a watch list. You know, but so you will breathe it in. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to breathe that in. That's not good. So when you insulate your home, use a non-toxic insulation, formaldehyde-free. Now there's insulations made out of recycled newspaper. I denim saw hot the newspaper
3: cut. stuff. Yeah. I think yeah, soy I think jeans. I think yeah. exactly. Recycled jeans. Denim. Yeah, denim.
6: Yeah, and yeah. we carry it all. <laughs>
3: what? Maybe your unwashed denim. <laughs> that the one that that uh, Al Gore did for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
6: By insulating your home you're going to save a lot of money on your bill 30 percent yeah exactly and choose an insulation that's healthy that's <gasps> practically so you're, you're not do, you know fixing one problem and creating another but what
3: about people that live in pre-war apartment buildings
6: pre-war apartment buildings if you're in the city you know I think a big part of it is indoor air quality um, you want to make sure that if it's an old building there's no any kind of lead paint or any other issue
3: and how does one go about making sure there's no lead
6: paint well, actually there are testing kits that you can buy that are like thirty bucks that will give you a positive or non positive response. And if then there's there's other sort of ways you can find out. And then for you know, for thirty dollars or forty dollars you can buy a can of encapsulant if you're really concerned. Um
5: You really have to watch out for those carpet fibers as well.
6: Oh I mean, carpet is a big thing. If you're having now I know you're expecting
5: We have a rug.
6: Is it an area rug? Yeah. Okay, that's better. I mean wall to wall carpet with synthetic carp you know, with synthetic fiber underneath. The foam and then the adhe- or an adhesive is just one of the worst things. And it's a trap. It's like a total toxic stew right. when someone walks in with shoes. So take sure. your shoes off at the door. And, you know, if you're going to buy a wall-to-wall carpet, make sure non-toxic. Um, and we like our
3: hardwood. Natural and all natural fibers. fibers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just talking about some of the studies, Matt, I mean, aren't there, haven't there been studies that have directly linked, say, formaldehyde as a carcinogen in your cabinetry, and your glue, or they
5: preserve head. organs in it. Yes. What does that tell you?
0: <laughs> Hint.
5: <Yes>. Hint. <laughs> Note if, if, self. if you can preserve right. your organ in yeah. it, any one of your organs, excuse me. Right. Um, please. Don't drink it.
0: But, but it hey,
5: is, now. It is amazing. I know.
1: It is amazing. I mean, if you, if you see some of the stuff that you sell, Sarah, like the
6: paints that are made from food particles, yeah. the one that smells like vanilla milkshake, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's pretty amazing. Well, that's the great thing about what's happening with green is that people are kind of going back and, you know, looking at all these materials again and saying, what can we make? And all these cool new things are happening So that are healthier. If you're buying a paint, buy a zero VOC paint. Not even a low V o c that new paint smell that's the smell you want to avoid. You have it with carpets, you have it in a new car as well. That's toxic stuff that you're breathing in. so
3: has uh, New York City updated its tenants' rights laws with regard to you know what renters are entitled
5: to. You can't Not rent so, an apartment no, with lead paint. no, no. Okay. well, lead paint, I think that's been taken that's, yeah that's okay. been taken off for 30 years, okay.
6: Lead paint, but none of this new stuff. And actually, there's a lot of co ops now. You well, probably know well, more co-ops about Co ops are me.
5: absolutely, you know, co- they're co op board, board, the boards of directors, and, and the rights and regulations of the co ops and the condos. They're requiring that that not only is, not only, well, obviously, there are no smoking buildings that are going up now, and they're going to require certain types of no or low VOC paints. They're going to require certain types of light bulbs that are going to be used. They're requiring the types of toilet low-flush toilets, so that, that the, the, owner, the owners of, of the individual units have a little more, I'd say, say over or control over their own environment as opposed to a, just a, a renter. But right. there are rental properties now that are going up that are completely, I guess we'll say, green, for lack of a better word. <laughs> exactly. Right. I
6: have to say, I know you're, you know, with, this, um, with these new bundles of joy coming for you, um, the other thing that's great for a baby's room is an air filter. Right. Um, Because you know, if you live in an apartment, you should always try to wash. You know, if you have one of those blow, blowing, uh, whatever they're blowing the heat out, you you always want to make sure the filters are washed on a regular basis. But in addition to that, you can get a HEPA air filter. You it's make like one sure of those
3: standalone units with the sonic exactly. stuff? Exactly, okay.
6: And you've got to make sure that it, it will fit the square footage of your room because that's something people think. They think, oh, my phone is really small. I can get a small <clears> filter, <throat> and it will, like, filter the whole room. You're my new food.
3: best friend, and my wife's <laughs> in the shower room, and she loves you.
6: <laughs> she should come to Green Depot Two 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 do Bowery. I'll hook her up.
3: <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, I guess the elephant in the room for me, of course, is we have a lot of shows about organic food and eating healthy, and it's always more expensive to do that the majority of our constituency out there are either broke or in treatment or in medical debt and cannot afford simply to take advantage of what is ultimately a potentially higher lifestyle. And is that correct? Am I making that up? Or what can people do to take action in greening their lifestyles that doesn't cost? Because obviously cheap Chinese you know, floor cleaner is going to be cheaper than buying...
0: Or no?
5: I was going to say when you talk about food, you know, organic is is also a very, very broad statement. Or is that an unfair comparison? It, it, it's a very broad statement. I mean, I I am I struggle with this as well. Should I go for the organic strawberries or should I go for the local ones, which would cut down on the carbon footprint because right. they were just grown 20 miles from where I live. Right. So, I mean, there's a big difference there. As far as maintaining your health, I mean, it's it's really what. You know, obviously it's what you can afford, but I, I, I most likely would go towards the local. I mean, I would go towards the local food. Right. right. But isn't the true definition of organic locally grown? No. No.
6: It's um. I think uh, you know.
5: There are. I mean, we're. It's
6: like uh, no pest. I think it has to do with no antibiotics,
5: um, no, no pesticides, antibiotics,
6: added elements, um, and the pesticides that would you know fertilizers that would be used to grow that item have but,
5: to be but, free. You no know, these, hormones uh, added. There, there's a, all new regulations coming in now. I mean, I wasn't going to talk about food, but if you have an organic farm and it, you know one one half a mile away is a non-organic farm, those pesticides can just drift down, the, right. drift down sure. the street, and then it, is it organic anymore? So
1: and then people think that and natural is not the same as organic, obviously. But I, corn syrup is
5: natural, but, right?
1: Right, exactly. But <laughs> exactly. Um, but just see, actually, so is salinamide th- apparently. Yes yes, 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 yes. But I must <laughs> say, just anecdotally, my local Stop and Shop. Which has nature's promise organic food is actually a lot cheaper than many other things that they sell in the store, but what's interesting is they don't advertise it as being good for you, they advertise it as being cheaper
5: right and
1: That's... you see you see signs everywhere, and it's great stuff I'm actually proud to you. I would
5: same, same be, thing in real estate yeah. a lot of a lot of buildings offices they don't advertise actually their green principles right now, they advertise their location, which is always important in real estate, they advertise. The, the amenities but amenities a lot of times you'll see green way at the bottom because for some reason they're a little they're a little skittish about advertising that right now because it's a people think it is more expensive
6: yeah and I, actually it's funny I think in some ways this uh, economic implosion has been the best thing for green very and exciting. Green building because it's shifted the entire conversation away from oh I'm so good we're going to save the world to let's look at this practically and apply practical concepts. To create a more energy efficient building, a place that's healthier, and the great news is these, you know, a lot of stuff has come <clears> down. I mean, simple solutions like paint now you can buy. It's it's equal it's equal in price in many ways. It's it's, it's an
5: incredibly exciting time to be in this field, actually. And and Sarah's right. It, the implosion, though, as painful it has been for pretty much everybody across the country, what is going to you know they call it? We're going to talk about real green shoots. This is an actual real green shoot because real industry is being created from this. Real jobs. They're expecting five million new jobs created in the green, let's say green industry in in the next few years. And I, just anecdotally speaking, about uh, simple things to do is greening your roof. Okay. Apparently, uh, there was a study that in New York City, if every roof had become becomes green, the average temperature will drop by five degrees. So in the entire city, so you don't need to use as much air conditioning. You've got more oxygen being thrown off the roof. So it's just those types of things. It's a very exciting time.
6: Yeah, and that's that's through white roofs, which is very, very um, economical and affordable, or through the notion of creating a green roof, which is in fact a garden on your roof that creates oxygen. So the story is so rich because it's not just a one-size-fit-all thing anymore. There's so many different solutions in each category. We have a question here in the chat room from a listener
1: um, on the air filters, if you guys can answer this, saying many room air filters emit emit ozone.
3: Yeah, mine does.
1: And also don't move enough air to actually clean many of the dirty particles. Can you address this?
6: Yeah, I can try. I mean, it's, it's I really won't. true that um, <laughs> not all air filters are created alike. We only, I think, carry three <laughs> different lines at Green Depot. Austin Air is a great one. Um, Aller Air is another that's terrific. You want to find a HEPA filter. It has to be, you have to buy an air filter to cover the amount of square footage in a room. They, they're sold in 1,000 square feet, 1,500 square feet, et cetera. And then you want to look for one that basically will, will, will filter for like 99.97 of the particles in the room down to like a 0.03 micron. And I know it sounds kind of scientific, but I would say with all of these green products, Go beyond asking the question. When they say it's green, you should say, well, why? I want to know about it, and and see if they can really back up the claim. Find out if they have any certifications. um, Find out how long they've been in business, because, you know, sometimes you run that little test, and you can really tell if you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about or who doesn't. Um, You know, I mentioned those two brands at the beginning. They're on our site. There's a guy named Paul Novak who's been working with us for years, who's been working with people with chemical sensitivities and um, doctors in New York, and he's 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 our guru on air filters. And, you know, I know a, one from, you know, some other shop, it might look nice, but if it doesn't work, you know, it's not it's it's really not right. worth the investment. And that
3: opens up the door to what I wanted to conclude our conversation with is the New York Juice Cynic in to me is gonna talk about the greenwashing and how it's the same as the pink washing and the yellow washing and everything now. Corporations are preying on this idea of corporate social responsibility to take advantage of consumers' goodwill. And Clearly, there are equal parallels, everything you just said, you know, be an advocate, ask the right questions, do your research, but at the same time, it's just so pretty and appealing and well-branded and pretty and appealing and well-branded and blah, blah, blah. I said that twice, is what can people truly do to avoid being taken advantage of? Because, like you said, this this seems to be a corporate-driven change that's building a real industry, but like with anything, money drives it. It's capitalistic. People take advantage of consumers.
5: Well, I mean, we both can answer. I was I was talking to uh, Lisa burn Hard earlier. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Earlier about uh, <clears throat> the most energy efficient building on earth went up in China. It's called the Pearl River Tower. It's uh, zero net zero energy. I mean, basically, it throws off energy, and it you know you can buy energy from this building but it houses the Chinese National Tobacco Corporation, right? So they're, they're advertising themselves as the greenest building on earth, but they sell 1.5 trillion cigarettes to three, uh, per year to 350 million Chinese citizens. It's great to have a green building. I think it would be better if they used the profits that they get to build greener hospitals. Right. And that and and on the other side, one of my and I happen to like Dunkin Donuts very much. I know it's not exactly organic or healthy, but they are local when I cross the street. They were using they, they they stepped into the green greening of the world by recycling their their signs into tote bags. Okay? And they they were very proud of this. But, you know, it takes more than that to just, you know, say, okay, we just got on the, you know, I, we don't give we give a hoot now. We don't pollute anymore. So uh, to to your point is there is a lot of cynicism out there, and you just have to sometimes just take you know three seconds and think okay if the Chinese National Tobacco Corporation is building a green tower, what does that really mean? And it it doesn't ta- it doesn't take that much to actually take sit back and think about it for a moment.
6: Yeah, I, I would say too. I mean, this is these are really big big uh, big <clears throat> conversations. When you think of the word green, it's a big word. You can remember all the benefits by remembering the word clear. Clear is conservation, clean chemicals, local, energy efficiency, air quality, responsibility. Those are the end benefits of going green. And at different times in your life and situations, some may resonate more than others. When it comes to companies, you know, I think everyone knows at this point, if we see that now everybody is getting a sustainability officer, that this conversation isn't going away. So every company is trying to figure it out, some have further to go than others. Um, in the same way as farmer's markets have popped up in, in New York and other places around the country, you know, I would just say uh, this is an opportunity to find new connections right. you know, near you. I mean, one thing that's so important to Green I'm staring Depot, at one. People yeah. <laughs> Green Depot is local manufacturing. You know, We've helped actually um, help two local manufacturers in Brooklyn create new, new green lines that have now like, gotten great high scores. And so that's the opportunity for green jobs. And better products. I don't know when value engineering all of a sudden became crappy products. I don't get that. It takes right. me off. Every single consumer and, and, you know, the Internet and conversations and shows like this, it's about transparency and conversation and smart people getting together and sharing what they know. And the truth of it is that businesses are going to have to respond, because when you, you know, put down your dollar bill somewhere, they'll listen.
3: Right. Well, um, we're about out of time, so maybe some final thoughts from the panel. <laughs> happy uh,
1: Earth Day.
4: Perhaps, <laughs> happy,
3: happy Earth Day. and Perhaps uh, alternate pronunciations of Lisa's last name.
1: And, and just to add, this is now, again, on the affordable level where new green homes are being built for $200,000, $225,000. Uh, uh, these just are the
5: not point things about that are green homes, just yeah. uh, real quickly. Uh, if it 's over 2 thousand five hundred square feet, you can be assured it 's probably not a green home al gore 's thirty five thousand square foot home where he washes uh, matt 's pants is not a green home at least they 're like recycled fiber denim pants <laughs> and they are the prices are coming down they are becoming more affordable and you just have to do a little research. We write about it in New York house all the time every every month and it 's just an exciting time to be in, in this in this environment.
4: What about Ed Begley Jr.'s home? How big is his home? I have no idea.
6: That guy is passionate. He's he is been, passionate. been doing this stuff for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he's deep green, man, but good for him.
4: His electric bill is like $40 a year. It's
6: amazing.
4: <laughs> what about the Hobbits? They live under a hill.
6: <laughs> they live in trees.
5: <laughs> what, wait, wait, hold
4: on. <laughs> Serious question. Serious okay. question. What about the Smurfs?
5: <laughs> well, it, it is you know it's soy-based blue dye.
1: They were they were just an avatar.
5: Yeah. Anyway, exactly. Exactly.
1: We like these guys better as better guests than Ed Begley Jr. Yes,
5: definitely. But maybe yeah. you know we did follow Ryan Hamner. Yes.
6: <laughs> the
5: most exciting exciting person Matt has ever met. Can we yeah. I'll, I'll I'll
6: again, seriously, I want to hear the other stuff. That was a great. All right. Song. All right. play the
5: music. All right. Well, we're gonna well. All right. I I will
3: play. They uh, just want to dance with me again. <laughs> All right, this song is actually short. So uh, this is Ryan Hamner's, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll cue close out.
1: out with it. We'll yeah. close out
3: with it. But uh, all right, here's Ryan Hamner's "How You Say." Uh, thank all of our guests for being thank on the show. Thank you very much. This is uh, so well, much fun. Applause here.
1: Diamonds and
3: Shine, dear baby, Ryan Hamner, and we're closing out with "How You Say" by Ryan Hamner.
0: all righty that's tonight's
3: show i hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer i'd like to thank our guests once again ryan hamner jonathan shine and sarah Beatty. next week's show is healthcare reform big time Deep Dive in our Survivor Spotlight, Ava Grozel, Oral Cancer Survivor, Motivational Speaker. Dr. Robert T. Croyle, Director of the Division of Cancer Control at the National Cancer Institute. And Melinda Henneberger, Young Adult Survivor of Breast Cancer and the Editor-in-Chief of PoliticsDaily.com. Going to be an incredible show, folks. If you've missed any of our previous broadcasts, check out the archives at StupidCancerShow.com. Or just search for "stupid cancer" on the iTunes Store. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week, my friends, live from the chemo deck. Jack Pufard, Lisa Bernhardt, Amanda Freeman, Captain Stupid, and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Dory. Focker out. <laughs>
0: i uh-huh. Good right, folks.